Um, well, morning, everybody. Morning. It's another hot one, isn't it? So, um, let's get start with a little story about my children. Um, <laughs> it's not too bad, Matt, don't worry. Um, but when they were babies, they were an absolute nightmare to get to sleep. Matthew here would only sleep in his car seat and would only go to sleep in the car. So, Dale and I would take it in turns, go out driving around Verwood until we were absolutely sure that he was asleep. I'd drive home, park up, turn off the engine. Bang, he was wide awake again, and we'd start the whole process again. The amount of nights we did this, I can't even remember now. Jasmine, on the other hand, would just cry. Just cry. We'd go through the list as parents. Is she hungry? Is she thirsty? Does she need a nappy change? No, all good. I know some of you parents will be able to sympathize with that situation. But there was one surefire way to get them to stop crying or get them to sleep. And that was to hand them to Day Day or to everybody else in the room who is not one of my children, the wonderful Dave Kratzky. He was calm, kind, and gentle-natured with them. They felt safe and secure. They trusted him. And this has had a big influence on them. They remember this. They know he is gentle. And they flock to him because his gentleness has left a mark, an impact on their lives. So over the past few months, we've been going through a mini-series in Galatians 5, verse 22, about the fruits of the Spirit. So far, we've looked at love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. And this week, if you haven't guessed it already, we are going to be looking at gentleness. And the story about Dave and his grandchildren is a great illustration of how gentleness can impact and change a situation. Just to highlight and encourage you, one of the great things about being a church with multiple sites is that you can log in online and get a different aspect of the exact same talk. So let me encourage you this week to um, log in and hear one of the other talks on gentleness. This morning, we're going to be looking at what gentleness is, what it's not. We're going to look at some examples in the Bible of gentleness, what we can learn from them and how we can grow in gentleness. Now, we've already learnt that by being listed as a fruit of the Spirit, gentleness is very significant to God and to our walk as Christians. We, as Christians, have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us and are working on these fruit of the Spirit character traits as we go about our everyday lives. Did you know that words that refer to or have the same meaning as gentle or gentleness are mentioned over 8,000 times in the Bible, depending on your translation. But in the Bible, gentleness is also referred to as meekness, compassionate, kind, humility. The Greek word, excuse my translation, praus, which means gentle, the positive moral quality of dealing with people in a kind manner, with humility and consideration. Now, a common misconception in today's society is that if you are told you are gentle or meek, it somehow makes you weak or inferior. But in reality, nothing could be further from the truth. 
to act in a gentle way takes a great amount of strength and self-control. If a person lacks gentleness, they are usually quick to anger, prideful, and act on feelings of revenge against others. As Christians, we are constantly being changed by the Holy Spirit to be more like Christ, and being prideful, angry, and vengeful are not attributes of God. We can be fearful of appearing weak to others through a gentle nature, which in turn means that we forget to be gentle at all. The world is not a gentle place. You only have to turn on the news to see what's going on in the world to see that. It's very rare that you see the potential gentleness of people on the news. It's usually full of violence. Now, my husband laughed at me when I said this, but social media is great for some things, and I love watching the silly animal videos and animals with their young because it just shows me a bit of lightness and gentleness in a world that is usually full of chaos. The business world can be quite cutthroat. Many businesses are all about competition, profit, and productivity. Now, there is nothing wrong with a godly... Is this one? Okay, okay. Godly, healthy competition. We have seen that at many an NLCC game and quiz evenings, I'm sure. But we must remember as Christians not to be drawn into the ways of a broken world that has very little room for gentleness. A lot of people would probably argue that in this world it isn't desirable to be gentle. People want to be seen as tough and assertive. But wherever we are in our lives, jobs, schools, we can show gentleness to those around us. Now, there have been plenty of times where I have approached a situation and I definitely haven't been as gentle as I, I could have been or displayed a gentle spirit. How many of you suffer from road rage? If you want to hear some stories, feel free to ask my children, but let's just say I have to repent after many a journey. Colossians 3, verse 12 to 13. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for other people's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. We need to remember how gentle God is with us, even when we sin, which we do, because we're all human. But what Paul is teaching us in this moment is that God led the way with showing compassion and gentleness towards us. And then, therefore, in turn, we need to show this same compassion and gentleness towards others. A gentle heart comes from having love for others. Gentleness reflects God's character and we should show love and respect towards others. And we are called to go out and spread the word of God. Now, I have been put off in the past and retreat into myself when someone challenges me about my faith. I shy away from any potential confrontation. But what I'm missing out on is the blessing that comes from sharing my faith and the word of God in a gentle way. I can stand firm in who I am and my identity in Christ without any crossed words or tension, and show the love and grace of God through my actions and interactions. 
As brothers and sisters in Christ, the Bible teaches us that we should challenge one another when we can clearly see sin or them steering off the path. But the manner of how that's approached is pivotal to how we'll be received. Yes, you need to speak truth. And at times, that truth will be painful. But gentle words and a gentle approach can diffuse tension and will be much more well-received. Treating others with gentle love and respect, you are much more likely to engage them and people will be more likely to listen. We do need to remember that we're in a spiritual battle. Being gentle doesn't mean that we have to be gullible or let things go if we're challenged in an unjust way. Our language can be strong and firm but can still be gentle. Words of wisdom from Proverbs 15 verse 1 reaffirms this. A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words can make tempers flare. We should not be looking for confrontation with our brothers and sisters. We should be treating them with love. This is not something I've always dealt with very well. Dale and I have been married for over 23 years, and we've obviously been on massive journeys with Jesus during our married life, but... It's only in recent years we've both been open and honest with each other about how the manner and the tone of words towards each other can make or break a situation, especially in the heat of the moment. Now, we still don't always get this right now, but when approaching a discussion, we realise that if we approach it in a gentle, loving way with gentle words towards each other, we'll be much more likely to listen and the end result will be much more productive and fruitful. There are many examples in the Bible where the word gentle is used to highlight different situations. Rivers or water are often described as being gentle, still, or gently flowing. This paints a very different picture for us than using words such as rushing or fierce. In 1 Kings 19, verse 12, God speaks to Elijah in a gentle whisper. That's the NLT version. Other versions read soft or low whisper or a soft, small voice. Now, the background to this encounter is Elijah has just seen the amazing power of God as he'd been victorious over the prophets of Baal. But he then fled eventually finding a cave after learning Jezebel wanted to kill him. You can read that story in 1 Kings. Elijah hit rock bottom during this time. He was alone, and God came to speak to him. He called him out of the cave, where God once again showed his amazing power. First with a windstorm, then an earthquake, and then a fire. But when God spoke to Elijah, he was gentle. It was a gentle whisper, and Elijah knew it was God. He didn't even question it, because he realized and he understood that God doesn't only act and speak in huge displays of power and the miraculous. And that's a really important lesson for us to learn when we are crying out to God. Are you at risk of missing God's gentle whisper when you're so caught up in the situation that you're in? Are you really paying attention and listening? Just take a step back and listen to the gentle voice of God. Take time to talk to God, but make sure that you're listening for his reply. Our perfect example of being gentle and humble is obviously Jesus. 
Now remember in the Old Testament, when the people were promised a king, a Messiah, the image they had was a mighty warrior, probably teeming with armor, swords, someone the enemy would take one look at and run away from. What they were not expecting was this gentle man who was born in a manger, a carpenter's son who rode in on a donkey. But they missed the bigger picture. They still got their king, their Messiah, and definitely someone the enemy would take one look at and run away. He just didn't come in the way they expected. And they overlooked the gentleness of their king. In John 8, Jesus approaches the story of the woman caught in adultery with gentleness and compassion. Jesus is teaching when the Pharisees interrupt and bring in the woman. And they tell Jesus that her punishment should be one of death by stoning, as that was the law of Moses. Of course, at this point, what they were actually trying to do was trap Jesus in his response. But Jesus turned the tables on them. In verse 7, he says, Let the one who never sinned throw the first stone. And what happened? None of her accusers could, because they had all sinned. So they all left, one by one, until it was just the woman standing before Jesus. His response is one of love, gentleness, and compassion. Where are your accusers? Did even one of them condemn you? She replied, no. Jesus then says, neither do I. Go and sin no more. Jesus didn't condemn the woman, but neither did he condone her sinful behavior. And while this story emphasizes forgiveness, what it also teaches us is that Jesus' approach prevented any violence, but it also delivered the truth of the situation in a gentle and loving way. Matthew 11, verse 29. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus states it here in this verse. He is humble and gentle at heart. Jesus is offering us the chance of rest in him, to learn through him and through his word. When we approach God, we do not need to feel condemned, but come to God with repentance, and that will lead us to restoration with him. So can you be gentle if you're not a Christian? So we've heard a lot about fruit of the Spirit and what that means. Fruit of the Spirit by name is the Holy Spirit within us as Christians. So can you be gentle and experience real gentleness if you're not a Christian? The simple answer to that is no. Because to be completely whole and experience real peace is by the presence of God in our lives. The Holy Spirit is transforming us from within. If a person does not have the presence of the Holy Spirit, they cannot grow in the real gentleness that God wants for us. And while there are many people who aren't Christian who can show gentle behaviors, this is not the same level and perfect gentleness that we are talking about as a fruit of the Spirit. God's grace to the world means that everyone can have a sense and a measure of all the fruit of the Spirit. But to have completeness means to have a relationship with God. 
So if you are here or you are listening online and you don't know God or the gentleness of God, please talk to someone this morning. Contact the office and we'll put you in touch with someone who will be able to talk to you about what being a Christian and having a relationship with Jesus is all about. But the truth is, we all fall short of the gentle character of Jesus. So how can we grow in gentleness? Firstly, we need to be secure in the knowledge that gentleness is not a weakness, but a strength. And we can grow in this. But we need to ask God to help us understand this. We need to have both head knowledge and heart knowledge. And what that means is sometimes it's easy to say we understand something or we know something is true. But we may not fully grasp this deep down in our hearts. So seek God for heart knowledge as well as head knowledge. Ask God for a gentle spirit and to remove attitudes around pride and self-righteousness from your heart. If you are struggling with gentleness and are praying for breakthrough in this area, don't be surprised if God uses situations which may challenge you, but ultimately will enable you to grow in gentleness. The amount of times that God stirs me in my attitude or thinking towards something and then I'm faced with several situations in the same week where I have to make the conscious choice and decision about how I'm going to respond. And I know that my response has the potential to impact the outcome. God uses these situations to grow us in our faith. Get stuck into the word. Get stuck into prayer. These are our weapons. They are so, so powerful. They may seem obvious, but how many of us forget to do these when we are struggling? Show consideration of others. Listen more before you speak or act. And then you'll speak and act in a tender way with gentleness and love. James 1 verse 19 to 20 says, Understand this, dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen and slow to speak. Anger in a situation never helps anyone. We need to make sure that we listen fully before going in with a response. Arrow prayers and some deep breaths often help me, not always. But gentleness is a demanding call on us. As the Bible says, we place God above all things, but then we place others above ourselves. So we need to be intentional about showing gentleness towards others in our lives. We need to be prepared to put others above ourselves with a loving heart and not a jealous one. I'm going to f finish with an extract from a poem which illustrates gentleness. The smith, a mighty man is he, with large and sinewy hands and the muscles of brawny arms, strong as iron bands. However, in church, as he hears his daughter singing a hymn, the smith is overcome with emotion and with his hard, rough hand, he wipes a tear out of his eye. 
a poem called The Village Blacksmith. But the words in it paint a very clear picture. Mighty, large, sinewy, muscles, brawny arms, iron bands, strong, paint a very clear picture of the appearance and perhaps the temperament of this man. But when he is overcome with emotion, even though his hands are still hard and rough, he wipes a tear from his eye. This paints a picture of gentleness and the ability to be so much more than we first perceived. We can look at this as God in all of his greatness. The idea of God as a mighty figure, one to be in awe of. But as with the blacksmith, there is a gentleness about God that can be overlooked and passes all our understanding. Zephaniah 3.17 talks about God with being with his people and rejoicing over them with singing. The idea of God singing over his people is one of gentleness and love, just as parents may sing to their children. We hear a lot about God's power and might through the Bible, but sometimes it can be easy to overlook the tenderness and this different side of God. We have the power to change people's perception by the way we approach situations. And this is the kind of gentleness that God is calling us to, to go above and beyond. And true gentleness does make us better people, better parents, better friends, and better Christians. If I can ask the band to come back up. Jesus is our great example of gentleness. But are you struggling to act in a gentle way in relationships with the people around you? If you're struggling with that, I would encourage you to seek prayer this morning. Jesus wants to take those burdens. He is offering rest in him, repentance and restoration. Do you need to come before God in repentance? Gentleness is not a weakness. Do you struggle with this concept? Has someone spoken this over you and you need to break that chain this morning? Or maybe you've never seen this gentle side of God that we've been talking about and you're struggling with that. We would love for you to encounter God in a new way. So if you would like prayer or to respond to anything God may have provoked in you, please find someone, come down the front and we'd love to pray for you. I'm going to pray and then I'll hand over to the band. Father, I thank you that you are such a gentle and loving Father. I thank you that although we always fall short, your grace goes above and beyond all our comprehension. Thank you that you first sent Jesus as our great example and then gave us the Holy Spirit as our constant guide. I pray for my brothers and sisters here this morning that whatever you've laid on their hearts or challenged them with, they would seek you, that you would comfort them and bless them as they leave here today. 
In Jesus' name, amen.